Hello, this is Reverend Colette Duval-Pondella, and welcome to Wolf Wisdom in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. Joining me today is Chinoa. Chinoa in the Native American means dove. And she's white, and she's gorgeous, and she's beautiful, and she's loving, and she's gentle, and she perfectly exemplifies the idea of peace in this season, this holiday season, and also the winter solstice. So please welcome her and let's talk about divine destiny. Here we go. Morning everybody. This is Chinoa. Chinoa means dove. Dove is the sign of peace. So of course she's my Christmas wolf and this seasonal kind of wolf. She has been ever since we started. She's my little snow white winter wolf <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> she really hates this. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna take them off because you don't like it. I'm gonna take it off. Good girl, go play. Oop, go play. <laughs> Welcome to my fourth anniversary doing wolf wisdom. Can you believe it? For those of you who have been coming the whole time, my fourth anniversary this week. Um, so four years ago, do you know, in honor of the winter solstice and Christmas and um, all the holidays, <laughs> it was my first talk. And uh, here we still are. And then a year later, for those of you who don't know who are new, we planted, um, as a group, we planted the prayer tree out there together. So it's, it's third anniversary this week. Anyway, today my talk is about divine destiny. I talk about it all the time, and I just thought that we should end the year talking about what seems to be my most important message is that you were meant to be here, you were born for a reason, that you have a divine destiny, not just a destiny on this planet, but that you came here for a reason to serve a purpose, and we're gonna talk about all of that today. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, this is Alaska. She's the alpha mom, and um, I had to go get her because is not comfortable without her mother present. It's part of the wolf pack dynamic. And uh, this togetherness that we, we share with these creatures, do you know what I mean? The need for comfort around strangers, you know, to have some kind of comfort touchstone, that they use each other for that. And that we use each other for those things too. It's a very familial relationship. We have familial relationships. And the Native Americans believe they are a kindred species, which is why we were able to domesticate wolves to dogs anyway because we were meant to be together. This is their nature, it's our nature. And if you can really pay attention and really get your heart where their hearts are, you can see and you can feel that kindredness that we have when our hearts meet together, when we look at each other's eyes and we can see our own reflection from that other person's love and their loving nature. Now, sometimes that's not the reflection we give back to each other. <laughs> but with the wolves, that's all you get. Every time they look at you, every time they see you, they see perfection. And wouldn't that be great if we had that kind of wolf wisdom? So um, 
Dallin Oaks says this, the ultimate defining fact for all of us is that we are children of heavenly parents, born on this earth for a purpose and born with a divine destiny. So with that, we're going to open with our um, opening meditative song. For those of you who haven't been here before, just uncross yourself, relax in your chair. You got here. You don't have to hold on to anything. The chair you're sitting in is being held up by Mother Earth, so you cannot fall. <laughs> so you might as well just let it go. You are held in the hands of grace, forever safe in the arms of love. Like a child receives protection from a mother's warm embrace, we are held in the hands of grace. what I know. I know that wherever I look, that there is a creative evidence, <laughs> that there is intelligence, that is what we call the great creator. Come on in. The Native Americans called it the great mystery. Whatever it is that you want to call it, I use the word God also. But this creation that we are part of, that is everything that you see, and that is also unseen, is this magnificence we are part of. We are not separate from. We are one with all of creation, that mathematically perfect, correct, scientific evidence that everything is built, every form of life is built for a purpose with a specific DNA and also a uniqueness that is akin only to itself. So you are perfect, whole, and complete just the way you are. The magnificence that you were born into, the thing that makes you magnificent is your unique, true, authentic self and how you express yourself as life during this time of life for you. And I claim for each and every one of you that your heart's desire is being told and met by this creative energy to remind you of where and what road you were supposed to go on to fulfill this divine destiny at all times. I believe this with every fiber of my being. And I claim for you that your dreams, despite appearances to the contrary, are coming true when you follow your heart that way. When you become conscious of what you truly are and who you truly are. 
that you can only walk in your own step and honor your own life, honoring life itself. And so I am so grateful for this knowledge. I am grateful for this place, this venue. I am grateful for you for showing up. I am grateful that four years later that I can stand in front of you with some pride, knowing that we've come a long way together, those of you who've been with me the whole time. And I've seen your growth. I've seen your dreams. <laughs> I've seen them manifest. And so I have evidence of that. And so I'm grateful for all that good that has come before me, the good that is here now, the good that is always and forever coming throughout eternity from my spirit and my soul. And I release these words knowing that they are held in the hands of grace like that song. And that they are held in a precious way because you are precious. And so it is, or amen, or aho, as the Native Americans say, or namaste, whatever it is, and whatever philosophy you come from. As long as you embody this knowledge, this universal truth, that there is no one else but you, like you, on this plane of action. And that that is meant to be. Caroline Miss says, it is your birthright to discover your sacred contract. It will guide you to find your divine destiny. Some people believe that you chose everything before you got here. But if you already know what's going to happen, do you know what I mean? What is the adventure? <laughs> but I do think there's a divine contract in your creation. And that your divine destiny unfolds as you stay true to yourself with your own heart and walk in that direction and encourage others to do the same. Anton Martin says, intuition goes before you, showing you the way. Emotion follows behind to let you know when you go astray. Listen to your inner voice. It is calling. It is the calling of your spiritual GPS system seeking to keep you on track towards your true destiny. I love this because it kind of updates. Like, you know, you stay, you know, it's like, if you don't know where you are, check your heart. Just like turning on the GPS. Okay, you're here and I want to go there. <laughs> Follow in that direction, the safe direction, not the one that's congested and has all the traffic. <laughs> love that image. Layla Akita says, if you put your heart into everything you do, you will re recreate yourself. Sometimes I talk like this, and I remember when I was hearing it for the first time, I'm like, God, this is a big chore, and I'm exhausted already. <laughs> do you know? You know, when you know you need to, something's going wrong, everything's like throwing at you and you are down in the dirt. And <laughs> the answer is, you have a divine destiny. Follow your heart and your dreams. And I'm like, I can't even get up off the ground. <laughs> Just know. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like when you're like reaching out for the spiritual answer. This is all you have to do. Just put your heart into standing up. And then that gets you there, that moment, right? Put your heart into cleaning your house. 
because that's something you can do. <laughs> She's like, <"Lah." laughs> but you do it, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Because your heart is in it to live, you know, nicely, have things around you that are clean. You know, honoring yourself is brushing your teeth at night. Just keeping yourself healthy on that little level. But if you're not acknowledging the small stuff that you get done right, do you know what I mean? Then you, you can't wait for the big stuff to congratulate yourself or to find a connection with yourself or to love on yourself. Just put your heart into everything you do. You know what? And if you cannot, then that's when you look at the GPS system. You know what I mean? If you can't put your heart into whatever it is that task is, if you can't do it fully and you can't do it with some kind of happiness and joy, even if it's a hard task, then check out the GPS system. It might not be something you're supposed to do. But if you're not connected to your heart, then you just continue to do all the stuff you hate. Oh, God, I hate this. God, I hate my life. Where do I go from here? And then you're exhausted again, and then you hear, follow your dreams. <laughs> you have a divine destiny. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Even though that's the answer, right? But when you're hurting, you just, it looks exhausting. But in the next 20 minutes, I can do something I love. Or I can acknowledge that this is something that's going to make me feel better if it gets done. You know? So in that way, you know, staying in touch with your heart, just do something that means something to you. Greg wrote a new song. So he's going to come up and sing it now. It's called The Radio. And um, anybody who's not a Facebook friend with him <laughs> doesn't see that every single day he's on there doing something he loves, which is singing and playing and creating and sharing that. And so welcome, Greg. Just so you know, four years ago, his mom said, you have to make Greg sing. <laughs> I think here was the first time he sang actually in front of other people, besides anywhere else. And now he's just singing everywhere. So when I talk about that growth, do you know what I mean? And of course, he didn't say no because it's just who he is. But I'm sure he probably was thinking, nah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so you guys, this is the new song called Radio.
great song. Thank you. <laughs> if you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. I was just talking about that. Keep your heart open to dream for as long as there's a dream, there is hope. And as long as there is hope, there is joy in living. These are just reminders, you know. Steve Maraboldi says, your dreams are a poetic reflection of your soul's wishes. Be courageous enough to follow them. Whenever you have a dream inside your heart, never let it go. 
Dreams are the tiny seeds from which beautiful tomorrows grow. Have wonderful dreams. One of the most important opportunities of this solstice, you know, we go through a winter and a summer solstice. And in many, many places, anybody been to Chichen Itza in uh, Mexico? Um, it's a holy center. Um, and I was there, it's like near Cancun, but about a two and a half hour drive inland. And um, there's pyramids there that they uncovered. Is this entire civilization. Now, the Mayan civilization was pretty advanced for its time. Um, however, they were abysmal leaders <laughs> and enslaved most of the people, which is why they were destroyed. Because finally the people rose up and said, we won't be treated like this anymore, killed them all and walked away. And that was what killed the Mayan civilization. But there was a meteor apparently, that hit that area of Mexico. And there was this deep crevice in the earth. And it's hot. It's really hot. They actually did human sacrifices in there. They did drain it at one point, And they found um, bodies of young women and babies, which they think were, you know, sacrifices. And they sacrificed a lot back then. But what's amazing in that area, though, is that one of the pyramids, you know how they, they're shaped like this, <laughs> you know, has like these four sides. It's not a three-sided pyramid. But every single, single, single summer and winter solstice, the sun hits it at a certain time, and there's, it's like a snake running down each one of those sides of those pillars. And everything was in sevens. They did the first basketball teams. But the, the basketball teams, basically, the honor was that the winner, the captain of the winner of the basketball team that won, uh, was sacrificed. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're not talking about that part. <laughs> Somehow, on some level. And each team had seven players. And there was a, a spot that if you stand, and we all went as this tour group and stood in this one spot in front of this pyramid, and if you clap your hands once, it will echo seven times. And it was just fascinating to me how they could figure out that kind of physics in this one place, right? And the entire civilization of the Mayan civilization would go there on the summer solstice and the winter solstice to witness this miraculous, thing that was happening there. And um, I think of, you know, the seven chakras. <laughs> There's a lot of sevens in our world in a spiritual way. Unfortunately, they were not spiritual enough to treat people right, which is not good. Do you know what I mean? But the idea that, these, that they could build something that every single year at the same time, that there would be a shadow to remind them of the universe and how part of it they are. But one of the most important opportunities of this solstice and new moon is to work on releasing all disappointments, regrets, and dissatisfaction from the past year. <sighs> are you ready to do that? <laughs> 
And for those of you who um, have been through this year with us, we've had a lot of that, a lot of disappointments, a lot of moving on, a lot of health issues with Alaska, especially, you know, getting robbed and trying to recover from, you know, a lot is happening, not just in our lives. I know you guys, and I know that everybody is having whatever they're going through. And it can't help if you're a human being that you don't end up with these kind of feelings of why me? I hate when that happens. I don't like people who do that. I want them out of my life. Here they come again. <laughs> you know, anything that triggers that, that memory, then that's the disappointment and the resentment. But these energies only hold you hostage and keep you from moving forward into a beautiful transition and new opportunities. And we use that as, you know, our New Year's resolutions. This year I'm going to do this, and this year I'm going to do this, and this year I'm not going to do that, right? And we have lists of them. We talk about them. It's what we're going to do in the new year. And, um, and a lot of those things happen, especially if you commit to them. A lot of those things happen. And you're really good at first until one more disappointment happens, one more discouraging thing. And that thing about keeping up hope, that thing about just following your heart, I know it sounds cliche, follow your dreams. <laughs> you know, it sounds pretty Disney and cartoonish and childish. And then you kind of go there and that's for kids. That's what we teach our children. And then as adults, they go, that's just life, right? We give them all this hope and then, well, you're an adult now and that's just life. <laughs> Get over it. Get used to it. Grow up. So work on releasing the old, whatever it is, and move on into the new. This is such a great chance for a powerful reset. So don't waste it. Use it. The solstice is always a good time to do a ritual around releasing the old. You can burn. We burn burdens. You can bury it. You can shred it. You can cleanse it with sage. We do that every week. You can use tobacco or other kinds of smoke. You know, I don't talk about this a lot. Of course, Christmas is the celebration of this beautiful person and this beautiful soul and this beautiful spirit called Jesus, right? And my most favorite thing he ever said that gets forgotten a lot is it is done to you as you believe. So do you believe who you really are? Do you believe you're perfect, whole, and complete? Do you believe that we live in a miraculous universe? Do you believe in your fellow man? Do you believe in love? Or do you believe in hurt? Do you believe in pain? Do you believe it's always going to happen again? Do you believe that life is hard and then you die? Do you know what I mean? It really is a lot of work on your mind to continue to believe all the time. And I say it every week, despite appearances to the contrary, can you believe that you are a miracle? Can you believe that your heart will make a difference? Can you believe that you will make a difference? Matthew says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Are we making peace with each other? Are we? I had a great incident this week <laughs> to tell you about. Um, I went shopping 
And, you know, sometimes outside the shopping um, areas, they have people who want you to sign, uh, you know, sign your name and address if you're a res registered voter to, you know, for this proposition or that proposition for the next ballot or whatever. And so they caught my attention with this one, and I said, sure, I'll sign that, right? <laughs> and then there, apparently there were six others along the way. And then um, I said, so what are the other six? And he goes into the second one, which is something I didn't agree with. So I said, oh, no, no, I can't sign that. And, and, I said, and I said, I don't know why we would want to do that. And he goes, well, I do. And I go, well, why would we want to do it? And so he tells me why. And, um, and then he says, because uh, that's for those other people. I don't like their agenda. I'm so much smarter than that. Now, of course, that's my agenda. <laughs> and I feel the opposite of him. <laughs> and I said, you know, you really don't know who you're talking to sometimes so it really that could be insulting to someone like me because that's how, what I believe and you basically just call me stupid he goes oh no I did not I never said that and I go you said <laughs> that I can never believe in that I'm smarter than that in fact so much smarter than that and I said how am I not supposed to hear that as the people who don't believe you know what you believe are not stupid and he goes, well, I'm entitled to my opinion. I go, yes, you are. You're not entitled to insult me. And with that, he got really pursed. And he was angry, and he walked away, grabbed his paperwork, and walked around me into the other side. And then this young man who was about 18 years old, he walks up to me, and his eyes are glowing, and his, like, the best thing that ever just happened. And he goes, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> So he went through the whole story again, and he's like, oh, well, that's my dad, in case you hadn't noticed. And I go, oh, I would never have known that. You're a lovely young man. <laughs> and then I said, what else is here? And he stood there the whole time with me. I went through all six of these proposals, and he's asking me why I want to, he wanted to know how I thought, right? And then he goes, I'm really sorry that he said that to you. I'm really sorry for my dad. And I go, don't apologize for him. And I go, you're lovely, and you have your own mind, and you have your own life. Don't apologize for him. And he said, he could apologize. Oh, that's never happening. <laughs> so um, one of the proposals, of course, uh, would help my husband's business and any small businesses. So I'm like saying, and I, he goes, why would you like that? And I said, because I think it would hurt my husband and it would hurt our livelihoods. And he goes, wow. He goes, he's a businessman. I want to go to, to business. And he's telling me his whole story of what kind of schooling he's going to do. And he's spending all this time with me. We're having this great conversation. And then finally I said, okay, well, I'm done. And I go, too bad that your dad can't see that we were in agreement five out of the six. Be. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if he would have gotten it anyway, but um, I said, Merry Christmas, and I let it go, and I started to walk in, and I walked by the guy who was standing there doing and collecting money for charity, and he runs after me into the vestibule, <laughs> and he says, I just want you to know I heard you. And I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> And he goes, and I am so sorry. And I go, don't apologize. You didn't do anything. And he's like, yeah, but I'm a man. And I'm a man among men. And that was not right. And I was like, thank 
we shook hands, Merry Christmas, and I walked away. <laughs> now, usually, now I would go in, and I would never have said anything to that man. So I called my husband. I'm like, I just did the greatest thing. I stood up for myself. Because <laughs> usually I just let that go because I don't want to get into it. And then I walk away and I'd be angry with him the entire rest of the day and into next week and even in this talk. But I wouldn't really be angry with him. What I would be angry with is myself for not saying something. And so now I get to have the joy in that I spoke up. But to use my voice, do you know? To make him, not to shame him, but to make him aware that there is people, that lands on people. Do you know what I mean? It can hurt people, things that come out of our mouth without considering who's around us. Do you know what I mean? In your circle. That you don't just say mean things arbitrarily and expect that they're going to land and be accepted. You know? And of course, I was talking to myself the whole rest of the day and in my car, like all the great things I could have all, all, all also said. <laughs> Do you know? It's like, oh, God, I wish I'd have said this. And then it's like, I'm driving by the store again and go, oh, I just so want to drive back and go, you know what? <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> and then inside my head, I went, if he, and one of the things I wanted to say to him is that if you could just get your head out of your hate, you would see that we were in agreement five times more than the six times. That we have more in common and we leave more with each other than we don't. But sometimes we can't hear through this hate. Do you know what I mean? Through this, this um, resentments. Do you know what I mean? We can't even see the other person for what they are anymore. That's really the reason I wanted to bring up this story. And also that I'm not mad at him. I'm proud of myself. I did something that I can go, wow, Colette, you spoke your truth. And I didn't do it in an insulting way. I didn't, he may feel bad. I may have embarrassed him, but I wasn't mean to him. I was just telling him, you don't know who you're talking to. Just be careful. Be careful with people's hearts. Kindness has no religion. Religions are like narrow tracks, but kindness is like an open sky. It does not hurt you to smile at somebody. I will never forget this incident in my whole life. Because I don't know what kind of hell that kid is going to catch at home because he had a conversation with me. Do you know what I mean? And maybe I taught him that he can stand up very nicely to his dad and disagree. Rather than just going with, oh, that's never going to happen. Right? Then another person, I may have spoken his truth that he couldn't say, gathering that money for that charity to give to people in need during this holiday. The kindness of standing in the freezing cold and that wind that was happening this week. Do you know what I mean? who went out of his way to say, I'm sorry that happened to you. I just had this whole whisk of great humanity and kindness from one instant that I could stay on as a terrible thing that happened this week and that terrible person, and yet I can open up and go, look what it did. 
kindness came out of the woodwork because I opened my mouth and I stayed true to myself. And that's the evidence you can always do. May the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house, as George Carlin. God, I miss him. <laughs> May the forces of evil get confused on the way to your house. John Lennon says, there are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. When we are afraid, we pull back from life. When we are in love, that song, we open to all that life has to offer with passion, excitement, and acceptance. We need to learn to love ourselves first. In all our glory and our imperfections, if we cannot love ourselves, we cannot fully open to our ability to love others or our potential to create. Evolution in all hopes for a better world rests in the fearlessness and open-hearted vision of people who embrace life. Seriously. Now, a lot of creativity has come out of heartache but because you want to express it, do you know what I mean? Because you want to share it, because you want to connect. That's a loving thing to do. It's very hard to create if you're in a state of despair over it and that you can't find the love for yourself enough to go after what would make you feel better at this time. And many people succumb to that because you've been taught and we've been domesticated to believe that we're not worth it. And every single season, do you know what I mean? We're reminded that we're supposed to live in peace and harmony with each other. And peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that needs to be a daily occurrence. That needs to be something we commit to all the time. Eckhart Tolle says, some changes look negative on the surface, but you will soon realize that that space is being created in your life for something to emerge. That GPS, check in with your heart. <laughs> A radical transformation of human consciousness is happening, he says. Now, this is also, I don't know, you can, guys can tell that I do a lot of Native American studying and a lot of Native American um, influence in my life and in this work and in this spirituality. They have a prophecy. Now, we've got, you know, Nostradamus, we've got <laughs> um, Edgar Casey. we've got a lot of people who have said these are things that are happening in the future. But there is a, um, a story of a pale one, is what they called him. Now, this is centuries and centuries and centuries ago. And where, when they describe him, it sounds like Jesus was here in North America. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but they called him Che Sus. C-H-E-Z-O-O-S. Isn't that amazing? And what he taught and what he spoke is exactly what we've been taught of what Jesus spoke and the legacy he left here. So I find it amazing that they have this, and they don't call it, you know, a, a myth. We have mythology. They don't call it a myth. They say it happened. That this man was here. And they believe this. Humanity should cure itself and give help to the poor. 
Regenerate yourself with light and then help those who have poverty in their soul. Return to the inner spirit, which we have abandoned while looking elsewhere for happiness. And one of their um, prophecies is that despite what has happened in the past, this genocide of the Native Americans in this country, we don't call it that, but I call it that. But they're asked with this prophecy to let all that history go. Now, I've never been, you know, my, my race, you know, in this lifetime, my legacy, those are the people who did all the slaughtering. You know what I mean? So I don't come from this legacy of where my ancestors and people who look at me as though I'm less than. I'm blonde and blue. I get accepted everywhere. Right? But there are people who have been annihilated and killed and spit on because they don't look like me by people like me. But they are being asked to let that go. And that there's a new day coming, do you know what I mean? And that these rainbow warriors will not just be the red race, but they will come back as every color. <laughs> and they will save the planet. And they will bring us back to peace and harmony. And I want to be a part of that, right? I don't know if you know this, some people don't, but the four colors in the medicine wheel from north, south, east, and west, the white, the red, the yellow, and the black are representative of the people on the planet. How did the Native Americans know? They were told that these were the races and the colors of man and that we're all in it together, and that the blue is Father Earth, I mean Father Sky, and Mother Earth is the green and purple, the most spiritual color on the planet worldwide, is your place in this universe. And they say all our relations, and they're not just talking about all of the colors of the people of the planet, they're talking about the plants, the sky, the stars, the snow, the animals, the birds, the creepy crawlies. You know? That we're all one on this planet and that we will rise, not just the red ways. And they're asked to open their hearts and open their cultures and open their belief system to the rest of the world. And let them join you in this journey and in this mission. There they go. For those of you who haven't been here before, they always choose the right time to howl. <laughs> we are entering a time of purification and can expect to witness chaos and destruction in all the kingdoms of nature. It is a time for the reuniting of the races, barriers of religion and nationality will begin to fall as all people realize their essential unity. This is the world I want to live in. We must heal the damage done to Mother Earth, the source of life, the, and recognize that all living things are endowed with spirit. In the coming times, we will see the return of one or more great teachers who will guide us into the future. Right, Chinoa? 
<laughs> She's looking for a way to get back to them. So thank you guys. This is what Christmas is about to me. You know, taking all this information and remembering who we are and what we can be to each other and how we can be together in unity, working just to be kind every second, just to follow your heart, put your heart in whatever it is that you're doing. And so I have a Christmas song that I'm going to sing. <laughs> it's called My Grown-Up Christmas List. This is my grown-up Christmas list. Isn't that the most gorgeous sound? Oh, uh, sorry. I was still lost in the wolves. <laughs> give me a second. I'll give you a little cue. I live with them every day, you know. I raise them. And this still amazes me. Do you remember me? I sat upon your knee. I wrote to you with childhood fantasies. Well, I'm all grown up now. I still need help somehow. I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish, my grown-up Christmas list. Not for myself, but for a world in need. No more lies torn apart, then wars would never start, and time would heal all Right would always win, and love would never end. This is my grown-up Christmas list. What is this illusion called the innocence of you?
says this too. A dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. <laughs> We're all in this together. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like what you heard and you think it is of benefit to you and with others, please share this podcast with your friends and your family. Also like us on Facebook at Wolf Wisdom Gathering and Shadowland Foundation. Um, you can also check out our website at shadowlandfoundation.org and um, we appreciate any donation that you would like to share with us. They are all tax deductible, so please help us. That would be great. Have a blessed, blessed week and we'll talk then. What the-